Welcome back to yet another episode of Free the Geek with me, your host, Matthew Setter. It's the podcast about growing software development skills and building a rewarding software development career. In this week, my friend, I have a chat with my friend Steve McDougall. We talk about loads and loads and loads of things, but I guess primarily the thing that I want to draw your attention to is how he came to learn Laravel and moved away from SlimPHP. Also, his approach to and how he learned other languages such as Go and Rust. There's loads more in there. I'm sure you're going to love it. Cue the intro music. If you want to learn the essentials of developing and deploying applications with Docker Compose, especially if you've been struggling to figure out what you need to know while Googling, searching Stack Overflow, and various other forums, then you'll love Deploy with Docker Compose. It's a free book and course that teaches you the essentials of building images and deployment configurations, tagging images, and pushing them to remote container registries, how to debug applications running inside containers, how to debug containers when they don't work as expected, and how to deploy your application to a production environment or any other environment using Docker Compose. Now, it doesn't cover every possible Docker command, nor does it go absolutely super duper deep in depth about anything that you could know. It just covers the essentials that you need to know so that you can deploy your first application with confidence. And you also get a host of supporting information, tips, tricks, and pointers to help you out when you get stuck. Check it out today at deploywithdockercompose.com. So, um, yeah, as, as we were chatting about before and on Twitter, I'm guessing Laravel, Laravel ecosystem community, those things would be your preferred topics if on perhaps Laracon, or is it Laracon, my Aussie accent, yeah. just based on the panel in the, to your, of your right oh, shoulder? Oh, yeah, my Laracon poster, yeah. That, my wife bought me that because I gave my first talk at Laracon, and it's something that I've always hey. wanted to do. So yep. she bought me a poster to commemorate my first Laracon talk. Okay, cool. So um, if, if that is your preference, if there's yeah. anything else, uh, I guess let's begin. So what was the first talk like at Laracon? Well, it, it wasn't actually that bad because, I mean, before I spoke at Laracon, I mean, at Laracon I did a live code demonstration. And before mm -hmm. that, I'd been live streaming on YouTube for quite a while. Um, so I kind of had this flow already of how I like to do things the biggest stressor for me was the time limit. It was like, okay, I've got 30, 40 minutes max to do this demo. And yeah, usually my streams take two hours. So for me, mm -hmm. it was like, okay, so how can I squeeze something into 30, 40 minutes that's going to add any sort of value for anyone watching or listening? That was my okay. biggest issue, was trying to squeeze that time together. Wow, okay. How long did it take you to prep the talk? Or Because it was a live code session. Because I've... From talks I've done before, 
it takes me sort of what seems like an inordinate amount of time, but I've never done a live code session. I'm assuming that would take even more time and practice, perhaps. Um, no, not so much. I mean, I I did a live code um, integration with the GitHub API, but my talk was on about was uh, about how to do API integrations in Laravel. Um, I beforehand I'd built the entire integration, written all the tests. I had a demo ready to go. On the day, I deleted all of my logic. I just had the test suite, and I was just doing a red-green refactor on the live demo, and that was it. Okay, because I always get a bit weird, like because maybe just like how 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 we think is is fundamentally different. I just I just fiddle and I experiment, and I don't know if me kind of doing that way would kind of work for an audience but yeah. as as you said you have all that streaming experience which i don't which i guess that experience would have gotten you to kind of think and work in a certain way yeah i mean my my streaming journey was quite interesting i went from kind of just hacking on ideas to kind of responding to how the audience was mm. you know sometimes they yeah they like certain things they like to be engaged a bit more they like certain topics more it's quite a kind of a fickle thing doing youtube live streams because is hit or miss whether you're going to get people turn up because you know is it is a title catchy is it an interesting topic is it the right time is it the right day um i kind yeah. of fine-tuned that over time to something that seems to work i get consistent numbers now every time i live stream so i just kind of took those concepts and applied it to my Laracon talk okay segueing slightly into streaming what yeah. what is what does it take to get a, like a good stream so i'm i'm, I'm kissing like, like you know your, your video looks clear so people can see you doing your thing yeah uh, they can hear you properly and you've got that sort of smooth interaction what is it what did it take you to get like to, to the point that you felt you had like a rhythm going where you got now i've got my thing i do this 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 and we're off it, it probably took me probably about four streams to find my rhythm um, wow. The first one, it was like audio-visual, trying to make sure that was correct and it was looking good on YouTube. Then it was, okay, so code editor, screen sharing, how is it best going to work? Where should, you know, placement of where my face is compared to the code? Because you see some people streaming and their face is massive and the code isn't as big in comparison. And it's like people are tuning mm. in to watch you code. You know, you're the, the secondary part at that point aren't you it's like a pair coding session you don't stare at the yeah. person's face you stare at the at the screen or at what they're doing so you can understand and you can learn and you can interact that way um so it was just this kind of this learning journey of kind of shaping out what worked well for me mm -hmm. um yeah and then the okay. top finding topics was probably the hardest thing you know what's interesting what are people going to be interested in um, I came up with some cool projects. I'm going to build this whole system on a live stream over several streams. And it got to the front end stuff and people were bored. You know, people don't <laughs> want to watch me coding HTML, CSS because I get a Tailwind UI. I grab some code, I take it over, pop it in my editor, change some values, go to the next bit. It, it's not interesting. People okay. like to see kind of, from my streams, more architectural stuff, more kind of back-end and API focused things over okay. let's build a website that's interesting so kind of people 
what just started to gravitate to a specific thing yeah i suppose yeah as you i suppose with like with all things as your audience grows your audience comes for a specific reason why they like mm-hmm. you whether they just want to support you the topic the fact it's laravel or the content that's being created is interesting to them and it's helping them learn um, okay so yeah fi- finding that out was that took longer than it should have um <laughs> <laughs> figuring out what worked for me and what people enjoyed that 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 was a very long period of time to be honest all right because i had all sorts of trouble like with like camera and lighting and stuff and i just threw it to the wall after a bit but it's interesting just to hear sort of different people yeah their experiences um i mean for me the the camera and lighting you know that that was secondary because yeah i was a small blip in the bottom of the screen most of the screen was my, my editor of the browser as oh, we're going yeah. through things oh fair enough yeah i was i guess coming from the the perspective of sort of creating like like was it videos and courses and stuff where there yeah. would be me and it just it, i just could not get it right and i had this camera over here it's a logitech there's like the, the webcam c920 or something yeah and there were, i just could not get enough light in for i guess it's got like a really small sensor on it or something yeah. i couldn't get enough and then just using OBS uh, on, was it Mac OS and Linux? It just, there were just different things where I, generally on both of them, it would start. But if you try to tinker with the camera in any way, it would eventually come, it would hang and it would eventually come back 20 minutes later. It's like, yeah. is it working? Is it not? And it was just such a pain in the proverbial. I don't want to put the explicit filter on this uh, episode. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to call my swearing i used to have major issues when i was streaming with a dlsr camera with uh really? like autofocus being a huge issue like mm. if i sat still it was fine but if i moved in or moved out it because yep. it was a dlsr it was it was kept trying to autofocus on my face and if i was yeah. sat at a specific angle it would never focus so i'll switch back to a standard webcam okay because this one's like the, the autofocus is going to be crazy but depending on kind of where you're moving but yeah that's interesting I always thought like the DSLR was like the like your gold standard. You were just everything was just amazing. You just sort of like like those old Apple ads. You just touch it and it's perfect kind of thing. Yeah, no, not not so much. Took a lot no. of setup, positioning, had arms wow. and mounts all over my desk with cables everywhere. I was going to a stream deck with a 4K uh-huh. cable so that I could stream from the DLSR through my Mac, and it was it was just bit of a nightmare to be honest i mean there's something simple wow. to be said about a webcam a headset and stream yard or something like that just jump and go okay all right okay that's interesting now i've got uh i don't know i don't remember what this one is called it's it's another logitech it's a logitech 4k and for the most part if you just get enough light like a because i've got uh uh, two lights like behind the different kinds and different sizes and there are um i don't know what they're called this is really bad i don't know the things that i bought uh lighting behind me uh yeah. just what do you call it? like there's what do you call it? like the classic edison sort of look or the retro oh yeah look so there are certain uh was it kelvin uh and it just turning them all on and fiddled with the settings on the back of these two here yeah. and it just works at this point so i'm happy with it but yeah i I like your point you remind me of someone who said you can get carried away with all this gear when fundamentally it's recording the audio is good the video is 
yeah, it's mostly okay. Yeah. But what I'm doing is the, people are really liking and that's what counts. Yeah, it's a content. I mean, people aren't coming to watch you in perfect lighting. They're coming to watch you teach them something or to learn mm-hmm. something or to support you. They're, you know, what you're doing and the content you're creating is more important than how you look. And you, you've got to sound okay, right? I mean, you've got to yeah. come across clear enough for them to understand. But mm. in terms of like visuals, you could share, not even share a video of yourself and people would be happy as long as they're learning something fair point so to the point of of learning is it and i haven't i haven't been joining in on any streams for quite some time is it still all laravel no that broader ecosystem i i've done several things i mean i've done a lot of laravel um Mm -hmm. i use laravel in my day job i'm a huge fan of laravel but i've done some golang i've done Mm -hmm. some vanilla php package building i've done some slim php uh i built my own micro framework wrapping some um laminas and mezio components mm-hmm. I, I, I do a variety mostly around php but heavily leaning towards laravel because that's what a lot of people who kind of subscribed or follow me on twitter want to learn or want to get better mm-hmm. at so that kind You're of known as- targeted my focus a little bit so you sort of what that's the thing that you're linked to most, so that people sort of most familiar with you. So yeah, I guess if they came to your channel and you're doing something completely different, like you're doing Ruby. It's like uh, this isn't what I came for. <laughs> what, what's going on? Is this a takeover? What's going on? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you, you got to have some kind of consistent theme to make mm. people feel comfortable, so they don't get that kind of whiplash effect when they come and see you doing something completely different. Okay, so of all those things, like the, the, the things you've done uh, over the course of time, uh, no, scrap that question because that was going to go weirdly meandering to nowhere. Yeah. Um, uh, it's it's interesting you mentioned Go. Like, what is your feeling about the? I guess the language as a whole. How do you kind of feel I love about it. it? I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and why? It is readable pretty straightforward to write um powerful compilable to any machine and fast just Mm -hmm. fast um but my my first experience with go was actually when i was a contractor i'd never used go i'd never used google cloud platform uh i'd never really built proper microservices or used grpc and my first use case was right we've got these six legacy php systems we want them all to be go microservices running on gcp to replace mm-hmm. a whole lot and you've got six months is that okay well i better get learning um and that that's my intro to to go and i suppose mm-hmm. my naivety with go and compiled language probably helped me a little bit to adapt because mm-hmm. i just kind of brought my own style from the other languages that i'd learnt, like ruby um i've used objective c and a few other languages as well so it was it wasn't maybe idiomatic go it was mm. kind of mashup of modern development squeezed into the go language to create something that worked okay but it worked for fight? me yeah. and it had a standard that was consistent and i knew where things yep. were so it was it was a success okay awesome but your would typical you... go developer would look at it and probably shake their head and block me on all <laughs> forms of communication across the internet maybe yeah. but <laughs> I, I guess you've got that line or, or um, not line, continuum 
between what perfect idiomatic and ugly but functional um and someone saying well look okay it isn't the greatest kind of it it doesn't follow the conventions but then as you said you were getting into it so you didn't perhaps have the time to learn about and familiarize with those conventions yeah but it did the job did it do the job perfectly perhaps that's also subjective yeah or or not required um i'm I feel I've come a long way from days years ago where I was in, like this ultra purist, quite a probably obnoxious person. Um, anyway, I think we've all been there. I mean, I was there once, you know, mm-hmm. the back when I first got introduced to Laravel, for example, mm-hmm. I hated it for three years. I hated Laravel for three years. You know, I was coming from slim PHP. I, I was, really? a, yeah, I was using slim PHP all the time. I was in the slim yeah. PHP slack. I was in the community um, I had to use Laravel for something, and I hated it. I hated all the decisions and all the bootstrapping it did, and all the hidden magic because I didn't have control, and it frustrated me. Um, and eventually, I got to a point where I appreciated it because I didn't have to worry about it anymore. I could focus on what I wanted to do. So instead, I deep dived into Laravel to understand how I could override the magic and get it to do what I needed to do when I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned to love Laravel, and since then it's been my kind of go-to tool, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say, like, how did you reconcile that need to, which is understandable, um, work? What would you say around the magic as such, yeah. or gain a greater sense of control of that as and when the need arose? So that's interesting to sort of come from such a like a diametrically opposed position yeah i mean what i did was i'd take a feature a week like um lava notifications for example mm. i spent a week playing with notifications going through the source code going through the documentation just hacking at it trying to see what i could get it to from the source code and documentation to see where the limits were and where i wouldn't use it mm. and then once i spent a week doing that i'd moved on to the next feature like middleware and it, it took me a while to get through Laravel, but back mm. back then it wasn't as big as it is today, obviously. There wasn't as many features or mm. all of these additional packages you had to worry about. So mm-hmm. I, I learned Core Laravel over a space of a f- several months, just feature, yeah. feature at a time, then starting to put features together, seeing how they could kind of respond and react to each other and how I could start getting it to work the way I'd want it to. How do you feel about it these days? It's still the turn to tool of choice, broadly speaking? Yeah, I mean, if I've got to build something, I'm most likely going to build it in Laravel because mm-hmm. the developer experience is really good, which means I'm ex- yeah, extremely productive. If I need to break out of Laravel, then, well, I, I can add a new namespace, add a source directory, and away we go, just load it in where I need it. Okay. Are there any um, things that, what would you call it like sort of thorny edge edge cases or things that you just accept as as just how it is or broadly speaking yeah, you're okay with it yeah and i not with this the, isn't not, a, yeah. i'm not hating on it i'm just curious no not with the framework itself it's more with like the the, the packages from the community um some mm-hmm. some are fantastic and i suppose i'm guilty of this as much as the next person but i've release packages and forgot to support them or forgot i built them even um you know uh some packages people start using them then the 
maintainer kind of drops support for it or just forgets they're using it or just doesn't get round to it any reason why um and you know there's a bug it's not doing something something's not working it's not supported on the latest version and suddenly you've built yourself into this kind of requirement to can you please upgrade this or i'm gonna have to fork it and update it myself and Mm. that that's my biggest issue is the reliance on third parties sometimes um you know back in the when i was using slim php i didn't rely on that many third parties i just built everything myself but it's almost like the go-to in the laravel community to go right okay let's get a package let's see what there is so like a smaller core but a much larger third-party contribution. Yeah, um, exactly. I mean, you, you've obviously got the Laravel framework and a lot of packages that Laravel offers as first-party support, which are great, but mm. they don't cover all the use cases, so you have to get a packagist mm. when you're building your average project. You've got to go find yeah. something or build something, and usually your back's against the wall, time's an issue, deadlines are looming, you get a packagist, you do what you can to find the right package, maybe you adapt it, extend it, whatever you might need to do, but people drop support i suppose that's just mm. open source yeah, I, I, i'm as guilty as that as the next person i i built a feature flag package for laravel forgot i built it until i got a <laughs> a pr from bo Siemenson saying yeah. i'd like to add this to your packages i oh i forgot i built that okay here you go <laughs> <laughs> fair enough shout out to bo yeah um that's interesting but I guess I would argue it's not only open source because you can get like a standard company and you say like I'm paying you a certain amount of money. Actually, no specific use case. Ooh, should I mention that use case? I think if I talked about it vaguely enough, it'd be okay. We can be vague. I think we can be vague. Okay, let's just say a certain company I worked at back in Queensland in Australia was working with two large IT vendors who shall remain unnamed. Uh, quite na- uh, large brand recognition. Yeah. Um, so there we go. I'm vague enough and that no one can, could assume me for this. Now, uh, both vendors were getting paid a notable amount of money. I don't know the exact figures, but I think they were quite... Um, there was lots of zeros. Yeah. And um, what happened? It was, it was not uncommon to hear the senior sysadmins get really frustrated because the, the managing director was getting... Naki at them because the CEO is Naki at the MD and yep. so forth and so forth. And they would say, well, I've talked to this company and that company says it's this, sorry, this vendor says, oh, no, no, it's not ours. It must be that one. Yep. So they'll then go talk to the other vendor. Oh, no, 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 it's not us. It must be that one. Yeah, it's um, vendor tennis. That's what I call that. Yep. yep. And they'd say, well, they say, oh, and you would get this other critique at times saying, oh, you can't use that open source stuff, you know, because it's not trustworthy going, we're paying company one this amount of money, company two that amount of money. And they're just saying it's the other person's fault. Yeah. I'd rather so, pay open source maintainer A the same amount of money to get the job done, right? If you get if you've got that oh, money yeah. in your budget, sponsor the people. Oh yeah, if you if if the company paid like open source people what one of the vendors was getting. Yeah. I think I think on a monthly basis, as like a yearly payment, oh yeah. Yeah. Happy days. Mental but, isn't um, it? Yeah, so for sakes of, 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 what would you call it, for full disclosure, I will not name the companies because I don't want some nasty people to come after me. Not that the podcast at this point is probably big enough to get that, but you never know what the future brings. You never know. They could have some, some AI listening to every podcast scraping <laughs> just to find you. True. But um, 
Okay. So now I've lost my train of thought as to like what we could continue on with. But ah no, back to Laravel. Let's just have this yeah. freewheeling yarn. Um, now I used I used it on two projects, but I haven't used it enough to really have a firm opinion one way or another. You were kind enough several months back to sit down with me and, and, and take me through it at a at a breakneck pace. So yeah. this is really kind of cool. Um but I think I do also sort of not enough code on a daily basis to be deep in the weeds of it. Yeah. That said, on on the point of Go though, I'm finding it like a mixture of a compiled language and a scripting language. Would you agree or disagree? Yeah, I, I very much. I mean, you can tell it's a compiled language, but the way that you mm. write things and build things feels very familiar to scripting languages. Mm. You know, from Ruby, Python, PHP, it, it's familiar. There's a lot of familiarity to how you would build it. But I suppose that comes with the nature of C-based languages, maybe. Yeah. What's your opinion on interfaces and error handling in Go? Um, I like them. I mean, they, they can be tricky. Mm -hmm. um, error handling's a bit funny. I, I like the fact that I can, you know, methods... And things can they can return two things, an mm -hmm. error or a success, and you can just do it. Okay, if there was an error, do something with it. Mm -hmm. I like that, but it's a bit kind of it feels alien at first. It takes a while yeah. to get used to. And if I, if I was to yep. write some go right now, I'd probably take me a little bit of time to kind of get into the swing of it because I've been writing PHP solidly for a while. Mm -hmm. I've got to kind of be in that mindset to be working yeah. with with Go. Absolutely. Now I, I find like I I was uh, going through it. I was doing it on a daily basis, um, but I perhaps got a little carried away with sort of learning it, le learning for half an hour, then blogging about it, and then all the rest. It was just yeah. so that's not completely gone by the wayside, but it's just in a state of kind of flux to find a better rhythm. But I found a lot of it. Yeah, alien at, at first, even though it's a C-based language, and so's PHP and the other languages that I use. But and there was some there's something about it that I think just takes me a little while to get a certain groove with it. Whereas I found a groove with Ruby a lot I simpler think, and quicker. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be because yeah, the other languages are a bit older, whereas mm. Go was meant to be built as a modern take on what a programming language could be. Okay. So that modernness that we're not used to in our everyday programming languages really shines through with Go, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, that makes sense. I will say, though, that I liked interfaces. That yeah. That kind of jumped out, that you didn't have to declare anything like, this implements this, this extends this. It's If it has the same signature, there you go. Yeah. And I just thought, that's refreshing. I, it, it, it kind of, it was a weird kind of, brief sent a feeling of approach avoidance going no 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 no. then went no, no let's just play with that because that's quite peculiar I'd, it's stuck that yeah. that probably out of all of it so far has stuck i mean for me i think structs were one of my favorite things hmm. um just yeah i could build a struct i built a uh, an api rest api as a test i built an application struct and then i could do things like add methods on top of it after I built the struct and the just the way it was all built 
just felt nice. Felt mm. right. Uh, I went back to PHP and I was like, oh. <laughs> then I got used to PHP again and I liked it. But it, yeah, it was uh, one yeah. of those, oh, I really like this. I really there's like a, how I can do this. Um, there's a certain lightness to it. Yeah. Like uh, channels. Oh, channels are one of my favorite things in Go. Just, mm-hmm. just being able to like start a channel, send a signal through to it to close it down. So you could, you know, what what I would do is I would start a, um, a Go routine inside of a channel. And when another request came through, I could just start to kind of... I, I put a limit on... I had to do integrations, integrate with different APIs. So yeah. what I did, I had... Um, I had a channel, I had five channels running, and go routine running in each one. It would just kind of like round robin through each one. Hmm. Every request came through, go off to that API to return the response, and it was Mm -hmm. never too busy. But I could limit it, I could use signals to kind of just communicate things when things were open and available, and it was was nice. It was quite a beautiful way to do it. Um, I really liked that about go. Okay, I mean, that's something that I've meant to get into, but I just haven't gotten to it yet. Yeah, it it take, took me a while to understand it because there's nothing like it in PHP. There's not much mm. like it in the other languages that I'd used. So it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I have to dive into this and try and understand it. It took me about four or five reiterations to get it to the point where I was happy with it. Wow, okay. Well, that's good. <sighs> okay, that's something definitely to look forward to. But yeah. I kind of kept working with all what I saw as like the fundamental... Uh, constructs and stuff first and I've been yeah. meaning to start putting like a regular time aside I had a or have a a little weather station that I wrote in PHP or the the front end to it was in PHP yeah. the import script from the the sensors on a Raspberry Pi is written in Python because the library I found in PHP was just not as far as I could tell not developed near to the extent that the Python library was yeah it was just so much easier to say Pull this on this was a GPIO pin, and it would handle doing conversions and so forth of signals. Um, yeah. So it was a bit of a mishmash, and I thought, well, if I want to write something in Go, I want it to be sort of something that is kind of meaningful. Yeah. Well, I spent time writing this, so let's see what it would take to port uh, that which I've written, and I'm happy enough with it uh, into Go. And so it's it's a progressive, it's a work in progress. Yeah, I mean, I find with any language that you try to learn. Um, you, you've got to have a purpose to help you learn mm. it. Um, I've recently picked up Rust. Um, ah. And I've been building CLIs with it because, it, for me, it's a good use case. Um, mm-hmm. Rust, Go, they're never going to replace what I'm doing on the web most of the time. Uh, it's always going to be PHP when it comes to web applications. But utilities and CLIs that I might build to go alongside my day-to-day, mm-hmm. Go and Rust are great. Um, quite on the question, on the blah, 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 on the point <laughs> of, I'm going to keep that in there. On the point of Rust, I had who was I talking to? Ah, uh, a, a, a German dev who I've been getting to know. He has books on Go and Rust, and said that even though, and he does mainly PHP, I believe, if memory serves. Um, he said. PHP is easier because it's something he's done for the longest time, so there's that familiarity. Yeah. He said he finds Go a bit challenging, but it's like anything, you get to know it, you get used to it, and the idiomatic uh, nature to it. Yeah. He said the progress is okay. He said Rust, however, 
he said that one just just the progress he felt was a lot slower to oh, achieve yeah. the same result would you is, has your I'd, experience been the same i'd 100 percent agree it it's like um have you ever seen the r programming language uh very little yeah yeah it, it's similar to that and go it's like the they got mi- mashed together and created a language um mm-hmm. it takes you a while to understand the syntax and to kind of to get it and it's got mm-hmm. generic support so it's it takes a while to understand that part as well because when you're not mm-hmm. used to using generics it's like oh okay i i know about types i'm great with types but generics as a first party support in the language was just a bit okay this is going to take a while okay like i'd heard or, or i'd watched some talks on it and they said was it one of the defining features was that it was is it, is it memory safe or that it was less it still had the like the power and and capabilities or near that of something like C, yet it was a lot safer of a language to use. Yeah, it's been it, some it's, time since I've watched it. It's got memory safety built in, I believe. I, I believe mm-hmm. that's what it is. Um, it it's cool. It's a cool language to use. I, I was mm-hmm. um, I did a live stream learning Rust. I got someone wow. to come on and teach me. Um, okay, that's fun. That's a fun stream. Getting people just to come on and teach me random things. Mm-hmm. So someone came on taught me some rust and it was fun since then i've been kind of hacking with it and dabbling with it is it what kind of functionality or use cases is it sort of for i guess more like low level system programming or could you feasibly apply it to quite a broad range of i use mean cases? i i built a cli application that would get me stuff from the public github api just okay. for fun, just yeah, loading in environment variables, making HTTP requests, displaying mm-hmm. information through the terminal, taking arguments through the terminal. It, it was kind of hitting those generic things that I'd be interested in trying with a language to decide whether I liked it or not, or whether it was right for me. Oh, fair enough. Speaking of terminal stuff, what's the... There's something... I, I don't think it's Laravel specific. But someone, I think, who was in the uh, in the Laravel community wrote a mini CLI. Oh, mini what, CLI. Yeah, that was Erica. Um, ah, right. That is a dependency-free, completely dependency-free PHP CLI framework. Um, okay. Really good. I actually did a write-up on my blog not that long ago about different mm-hmm. uh, the CLI options for 2022 basically what mm-hmm. what options were out there um obviously there was symphony console there was uh the laravel zero there was mini cli which is a mm-hmm. really really good package to use if, if you don't need to be doing loads of formatting like you would with symphony or anything like that if it's just you just want something to be able to quickly run tasks from the cli mm-hmm. then mini cli is fantastic Okay, well that's a that's a, a massive plug. Um, I'd been meaning to fiddle with it, but I guess it's the I'm I'm touched just a touch over mid forties. Well, let's just not go too <laughs> too specific there. And I'm appreciating that I've sort of gotten slower over the years in in respect to I used to be something was considered sort of cool and new, and I'd be like I'd had to like play with it. Now it's yeah. like 
okay, we're going to, I'll slot that in at some point. I kind of feel I should put my granddad glasses on the way I'm talking. <laughs> put but, slippers on table. <laughs> that sound, I like slippers. It's so a bit warm I. at the moment. And I'm only but, in my 30s. A bit warm at the moment for slippers, but generally I get around. I even do slippers and socks occasionally, but try not to do that outside the house. Cut that bit out. <laughs> okay, note to self, cut that bit. <laughs> um, but you know, it's, it's, there are a number of projects that I haven't necessarily kept a list of them, probably should, but that I've sort of been meaning to try. And that's one of them um, because I guess increasingly there is an aspect, or increasingly again, for doing sort of CLI work to sort of, I just want to automate this. And I don't necessarily yeah. kind of want to use um, Bash or whatever all the time. Um, it's kind of nice, I guess, at times to kind of keep a, a, a language or yeah. as much of one as possible. I mean, the way I, I mean, I used to use Bash a lot. I was, before I was a developer, I was a Linux system admin. So I used Bash a lot. Um, I Does that not use... make you a developer though? Sorry? Does that, that not make you a developer though? Because you're writing code. No, not really. It was Bash scripting. No? It was just kind of, no. aut I was trying to create automation scripts no. um, to so I could spend more time playing Call of Duty and less time working at the time. Um, <laughs> okay. I wrote a script in Bash that would SSH into each one of our servers, check the disk space, do some health checks, and then report back to me. Um, so I set that off. Um, I put that into my uh, CUPS directory. Uh, mm -hmm. Every time I started my computer every morning, it would go and do all the work for me while I play Call of Duty. I'd then get an alert on my, note, on my terminal saying... <laughs> Here's the stats. I could stop the game, go have a look. Yeah, it's good. Go back to playing Call of Duty. Um, <laughs> yeah. I learned scripting out of laziness um, or mm. the want to play games, maybe. And from there, I just kind of got interested in programming. Should so. I cut that bit about Call of Duty and insert something else? Or will <laughs> just keep that? That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> My senior system admin at the time was like, right, you need to learn how to do this so you can join me on Call of Duty. We've got a LAN server. Fair enough. It, it was the best first IT job I ever had. <laughs> I was going to say that that's a bit hard to be come to work, do a little bit of stuff. But yep. for the most part, well, you're busy doing real things yep. like playing games. Yeah. I got really, really good at um, Call of Duty Zombies. Why don't I get a job like that? My first <laughs> job was in a small engineering firm. Again, which shall remain unnamed, and the location of said firm will remain unnamed. And it was I was the only specific developer in the place. The rest were engineers um, who did development as part of, as a, as a, if I need to, fine, I'll just hack out something. Um, that's by their admission. Uh, or they talked about riding their Harley on the weekend. Yeah. But totally different story. Um, and... Actually, that was how I got into PHP because I was doing, I, I did Java at uni back in the day that it wasn't, at least by my feeling, as convoluted as it became, far, far simpler then. That's gone back a few years, perhaps maybe a few decades. Um, and what was it? Yeah, that was it. And it was nothing like that. It was fixing mail servers or whatever. And I thought, oh, I've got no idea because I didn't use Windows much, but that was what all the company's clients had. And I'm like, this is a hell of a learning um, uh, journey. And then just sort of different things. Like the boss I had was cool. He was a nice fella when he was there. Yeah. Like he was, he was a nice person. He was like, right, you're over that? Good, got to go. Bye. 
Catch, <laughs> catch you later. <laughs> like, generally hats off. He was a nice fellow. Yeah. He was just busy as busy. But, um, I, yeah, I wish my first job was like that. Oh, it's amazing. It's the best first job ever. Um, Damn right. And it is what got me into programming. Um, I, I carry around a USB stick of MP3s um, from the office to home so I could listen to music while I was gaming. Um, mm-hmm. This was obviously before iTunes, before Spotify yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And um, Back in the day. Back in the day. And I forgot Youngster. my USB stick one day. Yeah. And I vowed to never let it happen again, so I learned PHP. So I could, yeah, had a, I had a server. Uh-huh. Uh, I learned PHP so I could build a tool where I could upload MP3s, listen to it wherever I was, build playlists, yeah. and tweet about it. Uh, that's what got me into PHP. That's a far better story than mine. And it, it was a procedural <laughs> nightmare, don't get me wrong, but it uh-huh. worked. Um, wow. Looking bad at it, back at it now, I'd probably be you know, shivering and thinking, oof, did you not think of this or this security issue or that? Are you know, were you validating any of this? Um, it was wow. just something for me to use. So that sounds, like, that sounds like a, a sysadmin. I don't know him personally. I, we have chatted very, very briefly. And I think he said he set up an ISP. Or something, because the service was pretty bad in his area. So he's like, well, you know, we can do this. Yeah. And he wasn't... I don't know what his background was, but I don't think he was a sysadmin by stock and trade at that point. I think he came from another field. And it was just the need arose, and he went, oh, let's have at it. And he made friends with a sysadmin who said, there are some things we need to change, and there are some things you need to learn. Otherwise, this has gone swimmingly for a while. At some point, this will not go swimming. Yep. He said, okay, please teach me what I need to, <laughs> what I need to know. But, yeah, I mean, who hasn't been there, though? Yeah, and exactly. As a, a good old mate um, who I worked with back in the UK, I, I asked him one day, and I swear word for it, I was like, well, how do you write good programs? Because I was just in, in awe of his skill. And he said, how do you write good programs? You write a whole lot of shit ones, and with each one, you learn one thing. Yep. And I went... I was waiting for like you know like 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 the the, the tablets from the mount as this sort of very yeah. super sagely advice, and he said just write a whole lot of shit and keep getting better. Yeah, like, uh, that's probably the best advice anyone could ever give anyone new to programming, right? I mean, mm. you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna write a lot of stuff that isn't good, but learn from it, relook over it, keep evaluating mm. where you are, and see how you can move forward. Works for me. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I was. It, it was it was it was it was fun advice that it was kind of what would you say everybody's human and you kind of start somewhere. Although yeah. I swear some of us aren't. But uh, uh, now my PHP story just to briefly interject that one was at that same firm, and the the owner of the company came to me one day and said, "Have you heard about PHP and MySQL?" And I said, oh, "I've heard about. I've used the second one at uni. I'm vaguely aware of PHP. Brilliant. You're it." Um, yeah. What is it? He said, well, no one else wants to touch it, and you're the new guy, so um, you're on. (laughs) Tag you it, you're doing the PHP. (laughs) Pretty much. I said, can I get some money for some books? Yep. Because, you know, you read physical books in the day. Oh, yeah, I've still got some lying around somewhere. Mm Hmm. I, I yeah. love love physical books. You, you can't beat them. I mean, Phil Sturgeon would kill me for getting a printed book these days and, you know, wasting True. a tree. But, you know, it doesn't mean that I don't have three copies of his book. <laughs> <laughs> but there's something about it, right? You can, you, it doesn't run out of batteries. 
Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. It doesn't run out of batteries. Um, the kids aren't going to nick it and break the screen. If you leave it on a table upside mm-hmm. down with the pages open, then you're going to remember where you are. You can sit in the sun on a on a sorry. You can sit in the park on a bright shiny day and not worry about screen glare. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Love physical books. Yeah, speaking of, hang on. I think where if I just pivot, I don't know if you can see anything over there. I can see but books and elephants. Elephants are always good. Wait a oh, second. Oh, wait, a oh, second. wait. We're talking yeah. elephants. That's my collection. I th- I think yeah. I think it has a comparable, but I think yours is that bit bigger. I yeah, like the I, shark I, and the GitHub Octocat. Yeah, I got a, a GitHub Octocat. I've also got a Ventrosaur, which is from an Australian ISP. Okay. I got the DigitalOcean Shark, and I've got some Go uh, Gophers. Two Gophers up there. I'd like one or two of those. Um, yeah, I was going to say, hang on, I'll show you two books, and then I guess we should wind it up. Yeah, I've got another call in a bit, so. That's good. Plus, I need to I need to open the window in this room again. It's gotten a bit whew, it's a bit humid today. But these are my um, these came from my father-in-law. This is the original, the the German translation of programming in oh, C. Oh Jesus! Yeah, I, yeah. D- I don't know if I could read that in German. <laughs> I'm I'm ground. I'm, I don't know if you can sort of see it. I'm. Where are we? I'm part way through, but like yeah. a tenth or something. And it's 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 a fun challenge. My wife just looks at me like, Yes, you are strange, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, my and wife my wife does that. Oh, so it's a common thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. My my wife looks at me with the strangest looks sometimes and she's like <laughs> Like I mean, I recently got a new decoration for my office. Mm-hmm. Um yet to put it back up. She doesn't understand, maybe you would. Ooh, very nice. USS yeah, Defiant plaque from the ship so I can put it in my office. It, I'm going for a Star, uh, Star Trek-themed office. I've yeah, got the Defiant there. I've got blueprints mm-hmm. of Deep Space Nine there. I've got blueprints mm-hmm. of the Defiant underneath over there. It's mm-hmm. going to be a Star Trek-themed office. I was going to say, you got. it looks like you're sort of, it's an in-progress at the moment. Yeah. And you can kind of fill in certain spots just nicely. Yeah. The whole house is in progress at the moment, to be honest. <laughs> That's fair enough. But as you said, you know, you've got a thing to go to in a second. But this is my yeah. other book, also Ooh. also in German. You just like torturing yourself, don't you? There's nothing wrong with masochism, is there? Uh, I suppose that... not. <laughs> <laughs> for, the, for the listeners at home, this is the, like, oh, hang on. The Foundations book. Uh, sorry, just doing a rough translation. Um... The Secure f- uh, Fundamentals for for Programming Practice, written by Gerhard Willems, uh, about C, and it's huge. You could use it as a, I think you could agree, you use this as a doorstop. I could probably use that to reach the top shelf. It's huge. <laughs> and the other one was, I think I mentioned it, yeah, Programming in C by Kernigan and Ritchie. But, you know, we all have our quirks. We do, we do. Mine are elephants and Star Trek stuff. Yours are just German books. Yeah. German programming books. There are some some interesting books, but um, yeah. Um, Anyway, to to bring this to a happy close, as I do at the end of every uh, session. Oh, oh, yes, I like the duck. It's it's a Borg rubber duck. The Borg robo duck. 
uh, rubber duck. It, oh, it rubber helps duck, me assimilate knowledge. No, that was smooth. Yeah, that was I know. Okay. I, I've thought about that for a while. <laughs> it took a while to get it delivered, so I had plenty of time to think of why I needed it. Mm-hmm. So that's my excuse. Well, anyway, at this point in the chat, if there's anything that you would like to, to plug, talk about, mention, uh, over to you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I recently started writing for Laravel News um, as one of their writers. I've got quite a few tutorials out already, but, you know, go have a read, give me some feedback. I'm I'm not your traditional technical writer. I'm not a journalist. Um but I'm doing what I can. I'm writing tutorials. People seem to like my writing style because it's approachable. But if you've got feedback or you enjoyed them or you got, you'd got, you like to see me write another one, hit me up on Twitter, just Steve King. Um, I'd love to try and write a few more and try and hit a wider audience because it might be Laravel news, but they covered more than just Laravel. It's PHP at the core at the end of the day, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that, that that's my shout out. Wonderful. Well, thank you, good sir. I will have. I will go back through um, our wonderful discussion, add all the links in the show notes and so forth to all the things we've mentioned, even my my German book here. Yeah. Um, but especially to Laravel News and your Twitter account. And it's been fun as always chatting with you. Yeah, it's been great to catch up. All right. Well, looking forward to it another time. And thank you again for your time. No problems at all, buddy. I'll catch cool. you later. See ya. Take care. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for this episode. You can find more about anything you've heard in today's episode by going to freethegeek.fm. That's freethegeek.fm. If you've enjoyed the episode, I'd love it if you'd give it a rating on your podcast platform of choice. Alternatively, please leave a comment in the episode discussion. I'd love to know what you think, what you thought was good, what could do with a bit more work, etc., etc. Otherwise, I'll see you next time.